Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of 10 Points for Slashing. My name is SJ. My name is Matthew. And we are going to talk about mages today and magic. The and boys. The boys? Which boys? All of them. All of them? All the mages are the boys, except for the ones that are the girls. And then they're the girls. But they're the girls. Are the boys. They're definitely the girls. The boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and, and gentlemen. girls of magic. Not like the boys of summer. Oh, that's a deep cut. The boys of magic. Yeah. Uh, but first. Yes. We're going to continue our little bit that we started uh, last week with our energy drink torture. I got something <laughs> particularly awful. And I got something that I know you're not going to like. I Yeah. Should, should, do you want to like three, two, one, reveal it to each other? Again, for, for those that might not have watched last episode, um, we can't say the brand and we can't like say the flavor. So it's up entirely to your imagination what we're actually drinking. But so <laughs> if you want to give a little more context. Yeah. So we went to the gas station this morning and uh, Matt had to get gas. So I went inside ahead of him. I grabbed him an energy drink and then I paid. I left and he was he went in and he grabbed an energy drink. Paid and left, and we don't know what each other got, but I know you're gonna think it's vile. So yeah, I, I, but, you pointed out one of the the fridges that I had forgotten about, and in that fridge, I was like, oh yes, <laughs> yeah, no, I specifically went with something that I know you're gonna hate, but that I know once you're once you take your sip, you're gonna be like, here, you can drink this. And okay, I'm gonna, and I'm I don't, I don't know. It. This is a complete wild card for me. So, <laughs> are you ready to reveal? All right, yeah, let's do a three, two, one, and reveal. Hang on, let me get my glasses on. Yeah, let me. All right, three. three. Two, one. Oh God! What is what is okay? <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. We're doing the swap. I'll let you study your can a little bit more. <laughs> what? The... What is this, dude? <laughs> do you know, do you know the brand? I don't know the brand. You've never heard it ever. No, I'm familiar with the art on it, but it so, makes me hate it even more. Exactly. That's why I grabbed it. For those of you. That kind of know a little bit about gamer culture. There's a uh, there's a powder based supplemental energy drink that's really bad. I for love you. how vague that is. And uh, they sell it in cans now. And I got them one with a uh, anime character on it. So there's yeah no there's a there's an anime character on it. And what I find really hilarious about this is at the bottom of the can there's a date because I'm sure they have to do the copyright for the character that's on it. Yeah. But the date at the bottom of the can says 2002. That's that's when that... Yeah, yeah. which is a little deceptive because it almost makes me feel like this drink is 21 years old. <laughs> this is going to hurt me. This is 225 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what did you get for me? Oh my God, this is going to hurt. Is this carbonated? No, it's not carbonated. Oh, it's, I hope uh, it's not carbonated. Oh, so it is. Okay. But oh. it is. it does say it energy. Does say, yeah, no shit, 225 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> I would agree. All right, dude. Are we so, cracking? I'm going to actually edit out the popping of the cans this time. I don't know. I thought it was pretty solid last All right, time. I'll just not do it so close to my mic so uh, I don't pop it. I do want to say the art on the can that Matt got me is offensive. It's like... Why is it? It's so in your face. Oh, yeah. And it's like, very... Yeah. Oh, I, I was going to grab one of the normal flavors, and then that, that was the last of that can, and it was in the bottom right, slightly tucked behind, and I was like, that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to hurt. I hate this. I hate All this, right. too. Uh, we're going we're gonna to click the cans, right, get ready, ready three, audience. Three, two, one. No, oh, that was so disappointing. 
Oh. Oh, I sipped. I should not have sipped. Oh, dude. I already sipped? I sniffed. No, I mean I sniffed. Oh, yeah, That's I what sniffed. I meant. I sniffed. Sorry. It smells exactly like you'd expect it to smell. This... All right. Bottoms up. Oh, okay. Cheers. Bottoms up. Oh, my God. Okay. No. Okay. No. Um, that's all yours. No, no, no. You, I want. I want us to drink a little bit more. We no. need the experience here. <laughs> Matt, no, don't give up on me. I experienced everything that I need to experience. Don't give up on me. <laughs> it is the most offensive coffee taste I've ever had in my life. If you had not told me that this was a powder based, yeah, what is they, it? that's like that's like a prepackaged carbonated thing. But normally, when you buy it, it comes in tubs of powder that you like put in a water shaker. If if you had not told me that, I would describe this as tasting like powder. Really. I listen. I know what that tastes like. I don't need any more of it. It hurt my. It hurt my body. My my heart is racing like thirty beats faster than it should be right now from a sip of that. How can you drink an entire can of that and walk out the same person? I'm about to, dude. This yeah. This tastes like. Jesus. I mean, I'm sure this is literally the exact manufacturing process. My drink tastes like. You took like sink water, put a shitload of flavored fruit powder into it. Yeah. Mixed it up and then ran it through a carbonation machine. Like it just, it's, it that, tastes hollow. That tastes like, I find there's like an undertone in there that makes it almost savable. It tastes like um, chocolate puffball cereal milk. Ugh. If you know what I'm trying to say there, I can't say the brand. <laughs> but there's a chocolate puffball cereal that when sat in milk makes the milk like chocolate milk. There's like an undertone of that. But uh, oh my God. I took two two big sips and it fucking hurts. So this says I'm not gonna tell you the amount of milligrams of caffeine in this. Uh because I'm gonna give it to you and I want you to drink yeah, it. Yeah, are we gonna trade now, please? Hang on. Get this away from me. I just it's I I'm trying to nail down the flavor of mine. Hang on. Ugh. I hate that you made me drink that. I, I don't know. I'm getting it's giving mango. It's giving mango? Okay. I think. I don't know. I don't know what a mango tastes like. All right, let's yeah. let's do the swap. Hang on, one more sip, one more sip. No. Come on, please. Oh, that hurts so bad, dude. That is, how do you oh, like that? Yes, dude. I sniffed. Also, it. there's like some, there's something here, like a decal. There's yeah. like a, like the the seam of the decal. Yeah. Okay, I just need to sniff this a little bit and like reset my palate. All right, let oh, me. Oh, dude, this smells delicious. Are you kidding me? This is fucking wonderful. The first sip of this has left me hollow. That's the best way that I can describe it. And I know that for like two percent of our audience that also watches anime, that's gonna be really hilarious, but. I took a sip and I it like stripped me of my emotions. I just became bare. Mine tastes like exactly what you'd expect it to taste like, dude. It's uh, I get your chocolate puffball cereal yeah, milk. Yeah, you, you, there's like an undertone, right? Um, so before we get into the topic, I do have a gas. I have a gas station story. Um, it's very quick. Oh, whoa! You have a gas. Yeah, okay, I cool. Have a gas station right story. on. Um, I just want to say that like it's very <laughs> creamy. Like mm. it's very thick. Yeah. Well, it's because it's. You know mm. what it is. All right. Um, well, there it is. So, audience, if you can guess, uh, I don't know. The they they'll be able to guess this one, but all we gave them for that is coffee. Yeah, and it's uh, and it, it <laughs> work in threes. There's your hint. Work in threes. It it very obviously says energy on the can, <laughs> and it's clearly chocolate flavored because Matt said chocolate puffball. So if you can find both cans. We'll do something for you in the Discord. Um, as of recording this episode, last week's episode is just now coming out. Uh, so 
we'll we'll post in the Discord if if anybody can find the cans from last week, awesome. And then yeah, if you can find the cans from this episode as well, we'll do something for you in there. I hate that you made me drink that. Mm. I'm digging it. So my gas station story, it's a quick one. I just want to bitch. I need to get this off my chest. I walked in, uh, I want to say Wednesday or Thursday, and, uh, you know, we, we, we know the drill. We walk straight to the fridge that we know that our drink is in. We grab our drink. We pay. We're out. If I'm, like, speed walking, I can be in and out of the gas station in, like, under 15 seconds. Like, it's so quick. Mm-hmm. I walk up to the fridge, and there's a guy there. And this guy, the only way that I can describe it, this dude was straight perusing. Okay. He was like bent over at a 45 and he had his index finger out (laughs) and he was like, like running his finger along the edges of the cans. He'd stop on one and then like flip it to view the label and go, Hmm. And then like he did that. And I just, (laughs) I was window shopping. Yeah. He's literally like perusing the stock. So I, I like the socially awkward person that I am. I'm like, okay, he'll leave. He'll leave. Yeah. You're just going to stand there. Yeah. Uh, So like 20 seconds go by. 20 straight seconds, and this dude is still fucking perusing these drinks. So I lean in, and I'm just like, hey, man, can I can I sneak behind you real quick? Like, you know, like white people do. We always like, oh, let me just scooch on by, right? So I was like, hey, can I just sneak in there real quick? And he was like, oh, yeah, man, give me, give me just a sec. No, he, he did didn't not. move. <laughs> he was like, give me a second, and I'll get out of your way. And then he spent another, like, 15 to 20 seconds fucking perusing <laughs> and then didn't grab an energy drink. <laughs> He was just window shopping, and then I finally, like, I got the drinks. My frustration, like, got to a point, but it started settling because I just grabbed the drink. I walked up to the counter to my second rant. Why the fuck do people in the year of our Lord 2023 pay for things with cash? I, I pay for things with cash sometimes. Why? <laughs> Dude, I'm at the gas station. I just want to get the fuck out. Literally, it's a, like you just tap your credit card on the thing, and then you walk away. Like, as soon as it beeps, you're done, right? So I'm behind, like, three people in line, and every single one of these fuckers pay with, like, cash. And I'm just like... <laughs> it's it's annoying if it's, like, during a rush time, like... But I don't know, man. I've been super broke lately, so I had to scrounge up a bunch of quarters. And uh, I would grab exactly the amount of quarters that I knew yeah. was what it cost. And then when I get to the register, I'm like, hey, this is annoying, but I'm paying in all quarters. And then they're like, oh, okay, and they give me the total, I'll give them the quarters, and then I just leave without taking yeah. my change because I don't want to inconvenience I'm, anybody. I'm talking about the type of people that buy like $3 worth of stuff and then hand like a 50. Mm. I'm just like, why the fuck are yeah. you doing that? Yeah, that's a little different. And then like, no one knows how to count change anymore. That's a hot take, I guess. Like, I, I got really good at counting change because our register didn't do math for us at the retail job that I worked at, so I had to do that math, so I got really good at it. But like they'll they'll enter the m- the money and they'll hit enter on the register and then the drawer will pop and you can see them standing there waiting for the register to tell them how much change they have to. Oh give. yeah, I know. That and look. it's like five seconds and then they like start counting it out and I'm just like, dude, like I'm not good at math. I'm not good at math. Money math is not hard math. Did did you do you remember who it was that was doing those transactions? Like which employee? Yeah. Was it not one of the prime ladies? It was not one of the prime ladies. It was okay. one of the, it was one of the uh, beta males. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the prime ladies are, are where it's at. They're those bitches stars. will get you in and out in no time, no problem. They'll yep. say something about your life because they know me. And they're always so miserable, which is great because I'm miserable and I vibe. 
Yeah, there's I, one it, lady I'll walk in and I'll be like, "Hey, how are you doing today?" And it's same thing every day. She just like half smiles and goes, "I'm here." And I'm like, "Is that? I know who you're talking about. Yep. That's the skinnier one with long brown hair." Yep. Yeah, she's she's the she's a riot. She's the best. I love her to death. Yeah, she is the primest lady. Yeah, she's she's one of three. I, I refer to them. There's, yeah, three there's three prime ladies. There's the short they're one like with the witches of the bog. <laughs> the witches, yeah, dude, but like a good a yeah. Good they're context. like they're bog witches, but for the gas station by our house. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, I no, love them um, so much. It's I love that you pointed that out because there is this kind of weird camaraderie that comes from two people that are both miserable. Yeah, because if like if one person is not miserable and the other is, then it's like the air is pungent with misery, and you're like, wow, this yeah, sucks. There's but if you're both of, miserable, there's like a happiness behind it. There's been a, a lot of experience. times in retail where someone will come at me at a ten and I'm at like a two. Yeah, and I'm just like, hey, welcome in, and I'm like, oh, what's up, dude? And I'm like, well, yeah. all the all the time that I spent in retail i was in management and i always trained my people i had a catchphrase where i said meet them where they're at yeah so customer service 101 if somebody comes in and they're fucking miserable you can't be like hey how are you doing blah 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 we have these promos going on yada yada like you just can't do that dude you have to meet them where they're at and then they appreciate you more yeah you have a better interaction with people if you meet them where they're at so today's today's episode, we're gonna talk about life skills and uh, <laughs> and uh, magic. <laughs> no, let's uh, let's actually shift into the the topic a little bit. Um, yeah, man, I'm down. So yeah, we talked about this in the very first episode, um, Mage Warrior Rogue, but we we divided our attention between the three, so we didn't get to focus on any one too specifically. Uh, we talked about a lot of really good things. You know that episode is definitely not invalid with this episode, so please definitely go and watch it. But we we wanted to put the mages under a microscope today. And we're going to do the same with Warriors and Rogues moving forward. Yeah. Um, but we we have to do it in order because I am weird like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> so what's we we have like a, a few sort of like mini topics that we wanted to talk about today. So what do you want to start with? I don't know, man. Let's. let's... I kind of want to start with the drip. I want to start on a high note. Okay. Start with the drip, the mage. So drip. the mate. Li- listen, this is a hot take, but mages have the best drip. I agree, and even when I play a warrior or rogue, I still go for like flowy robes with a little bit of armor here or there. Like, yeah, I just love, I love the look. Yeah, I, I think because like if you're playing a warrior or rogue, it's almost always like plate armor, and plate armor always looks the same. You know what I mean? Like there are some games where like you know if we're just taking Skyrim as an example, like yeah, you have your steel, you have your steel plate, you have your ebony and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, armor is armor, and if you're playing a rogue, you have leather, and at the end of the day, leather is leather. I'm I'm actually really excited to talk about warrior drip once we get to that point because I, don't I think have warriors some got it. I have some pretty heavy opinions. Uh, there are some games that I think have massively better drip for warriors. Um, yeah. But uh, without getting too much into that, yeah, no, let's let's talk let's talk mage drip, Matt. Why don't you tell me about like a mage or like your ideal drip? So listen, I'm a simple man. The more flowy, the better. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I'm a fan of robes. I'm a fan of like uh like like cloaks. Yep, a hundred percent. Sleeveless cloaks with like the like the battle skirt and then the like robes. Like uh, a really prime example of like the mage drip that I aspire for is Avalok from The Witcher. I know we talked about him in yeah, the yeah. mage episode, but man's got the fucking drip dude and then like even i know this might be kind of like a cop-out or like maybe not a conventional definition of a mage jedi's got the drip dude i would love to walk around dressed like a jedi are you fucking kidding me like like prequel era jedi robes that's the drip that's what i'm that's what i'm into man all right dude i i just pulled up avalok 
from uh, Witcher Three. Yeah, he's got and he's got the drip. Honestly, dude, I'm really digging his his aesthetic here, man. I like. Um, I will say this too. He's got like some. Uh, looks like some plate or some kind of metal mm-hmm. like gauntlets. Yeah, he's got like metal bracers and, and yeah, dude. That that looks really cool. Um, I'm not a big fan of the color scheme per se. But I I love the blue and the red. I think it looks really good. I don't know. It, you know me. I'd go black and purple. But yeah, yeah. Uh, if I yeah, I really like that. You take that aesthetic and you give me the ability to change the colors on it a little bit, and I'm I'm really into that, dude. Yeah, Avalok's got the drift. That's nice. And that's interesting. You said uh, specifically like sleeveless cloaks because Avalok is he's got a cape. He's, he's not, got more of a cape. Than yeah, a cloak. he's not rocking flowy arms, and I like flowy arms. You like flowy arms? I like I like Jedi. I, I like, like fl- I like like. Non flowy arms and legs, so like cuff, like like pant leg cuffed into boot, and then yeah, yeah. like robe arm cuffed into gauntlet, and then everything else be flowy. But like, because I like Anakin, like I was on, just on his say. right hand, he's got like yeah. his his sleeve is tucked into his. Like, yeah. I like I fuck with that. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say uh, Vader at the end of Episode Three as he's just murdering children and whatnot in the Jedi Temple. The whole aesthetic he's rocking there is exactly what I go for in a mage, yeah. like. Super flowy, way oversized cloak, hood up, just... I'm starting to I'm starting to come around to the sleeved cloaks, but still mostly sleeveless. Um, okay, hang on. And, uh... Hey, wait, wait, wait. What the fuck is this? What's up? This is Avalok? Hmm? That is Avalok in Witcher Blood Origin, the Netflix show. Oh! I, have, I haven't seen it, but okay, what? it's not canon. I was gonna say, that... <laughs> Tiny little man gives way different vibes than that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That beautiful, like what? what? And uh, Avalok's character is super cool. He's he's like the. I, I want to do an episode about this. It's still very conceptual, but like he's like the sage kind of mentor NPC. Um, so he he every line. I don't know who what voice actor. I uh, should have honorable mentioned him last week. Uh, but his voice actor is gives an incredible performance, and similarly to uh, Claudia Black from Morrigan. Every line that Avalok speaks gives the impression that he knows way more than you do. <laughs> yeah. No, he's he looks really cool. I really like that aesthetic. Um, once, once, like, The Witcher 3 is an okay game. Once you get to the point where Avalok gets involved, it's a 10 out of 10 game. Because when Avalok shows up into the main story, that's when shit really starts hitting the fan. Uh, and uh, it's it's great. I love his character. His character adds so much to that game. He's got that look of, like, I know more than you. Yep. And I'm way cooler than you. Yep. And he is, and he and he does. <laughs> okay, so talk about because I'm because I'm like this, and I'm sorry I'm going to do this. Talk about ideal color scheme for you, like ideal color scheme. Listen, blue and white. Okay, so I'm maybe, a blue and white kind of guy. So like Avalox looking, yeah, ass. Avalox with 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 the red. I'm okay with, but uh, yeah, I would say Avalox is probably my my prime color scheme. Would you change the red accents to white? I would change. So I would change the robe to white, and I would change the red accents to blue. Okay, uh, I I dig that. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, I mean, I have like I said, as far as my mage aesthetic, like I don't know, I think there's some kind of mystery behind like looking flowy and creepy and shit. Um, uh, like like I said, the whole the whole Anakin aesthetic, like yeah, it's I don't know, it's just terrifying looking at that. Like imagine that coming at you, slanging steel, slanging slanging light. Yeah, <laughs> slanging light. Yeah, no, Anakin. Anakin's definitely a prime example of of the drip that I'm looking for. I just I like black. I don't like all black. You know what I mean. And I know that. I know that technically, it's brown, but I don't care. <laughs> um, did you watch Rings of Power? 
I have not, no, but the, the costume design in Rings of Power is incredible. Yeah, so I, I watched it all the way through. I was blown away. I was not expecting anything from it. I know I know. there's a lot of disagreement with the super hardcore neckbeards about like, well, and it was Women. based on the Silmarillion, but it didn't blah, blah, blah. And it's like, dude, I, I don't care. I think we kind of touched on that at one point, talking about how like people freak out about whether or not it's accurate to comics yeah, see, or something. Like, I don't care, dude. Just tell a story, but tell it well. That's, that's I know this is a super hard tangent, and I promise I'll be quick, but that's my biggest issue with people that critique Marvel movies like that, is like they'll say, because like, I'll be the type of person that I'll be like oh they're taking inspiration from this comic and I really like uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman movies are taking inspiration from Court of Owls and I'm like hell yeah I love the Court of Owls that's awesome I don't want Court of Owls on the big screen like in comic books so often do characters change like like change hands of people that are writing stories for them and these nerds are out here debating like oh no this dude's Batman run was way better than this dude's Batman run and then they put it on the TV screen it's basically just another Batman run. Exactly. And, but they're like, oh, but it's not like this one. It's like, it's just another one, dude. Yeah. It's another interpretation of that exactly. character. Yeah, and, and Matt and I have had this conversation before, but I, I just don't understand people that watch something and then they're like, well, it wasn't accurate to the comics like, or it wasn't accurate yeah. to the original game. Like, it doesn't have to be, dude. No. They're just telling a story using those characters and like i get it people might go into it with expectations that what they read is going to translate perfectly to the screen every now and then it's like oh i'd like to see this since since we know they're taking inspiration from this i'd like to see this moment and sometimes they do sometimes they don't it's fine and like like, let me put it this way the best example that i can come up with is i have been a huge fan of the uncharted series since uh I, i i came into it late Granted, but I, I the first one that I played was Uncharted 3, and then I went back through and played the rest of them, but I've been a massive fan of this series. Like, I'm a super hardcore Nolan North stan. His voice acting is incredible. He's he incredible. is Nathan Drake. Like, I love it. I hear they're making an Uncharted movie, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, I will watch that. I'm excited to see that. I did not go into it with any expectations. Because I knew that they're not going to be able to tell the exact same story because it's already been told. And if you want to, if you want the exact same story, go play the games. So I watched it knowing that it wasn't going to directly reflect what happened in the games. And I'll be honest with you, I enjoyed the experience. It was a good movie. Like, yes, it the the backstory changed. Like, it wasn't exactly Nathan Drake's childhood or anything like that. Nathan and Sully didn't meet like, meet like that in the games, but it it was still a good movie, and I don't care that it wasn't like directly reflective of the source material. But a lot of people do get up in arms about that shit, yeah. dude. And it was it was prevalent with with Rings of Power. Exactly, like it, the two primary complaints was the source material and then like casting choices. Yeah, and and it it boggles my mind because as a fan of many things if i hear that something i'm a fan of is getting more attention more media more anything i'm just like fuck yeah every time like it doesn't matter what kind of media it is i will consume it because i enjoy the franchise and like i think lord of the rings fans are the neck beardiest the worst mom's basementist like just yeah and so rings of power doesn't directly reflect what the silmarillion says but i still enjoyed the absolute hell out of it it was it was incredible and uh Anyway, back back on the topic, um, I would love to see a continuation. Um, okay, so I will say this. Since it's recent, huge spoiler warning for Rings of Power right here. Yeah. Okay? Um, since it is recent, if you haven't watched Rings of Power... Please watch it. Um, there were a lot of theories as the show was running before it, you know, you saw the last episode. But huge spoiler warning. Here we go. The stranger is Gandalf. It was 
confirmed in the last episode. The the guy that just like appears from the heavens and crash lands and he's the super tall dude with dark hair. And throughout the the show, they kind of make you question like, oh, is that Sauron? Oh, it might be Sauron. And then blah, blah, blah. It turns out to be Gandalf, right? I, I remember the everyone seemed really convinced that that weird looking bald dude was Sauron. That bald kid with the white hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like everyone exactly. was like, oh, that's Sauron. Yeah, the three like magic people that were sent to like escort Gandalf or whatever. Um, yeah, the the major theory turned out to be true. Um, more spoiler warning. I forget the character's name, but he was the Aragorn looking ass. Like yeah, the scruffy looking, scruffy looking guy. That is guy. Sauron. Um, anyway, um, they made I would hot. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see the continuation of Rings of Power with young Gandalf just absolutely crushing it, Wrecking slinging house. spells, being a fucking badass. And I'm really interested to see the aesthetic that they go with for him. After completion of Rings of Power, because throughout the entire series, he's just scraggly wearing like whatever the hell he can find. So I'm interested to see what they go with as far as wardrobe choice for uh, for moving forward, because they're going to bridge the gap between that and, you know, what we know of Gandalf in, in Lord yeah, of the Rings. I just uh, like I know it's a hot take. Maybe it's a hot take. I'm not a fan of like the simple drip. Like I don't like Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings movies like Gandalf the Great or White. Because it's literally just a gray robe and then a white robe. You know what I mean? Like I like I like the intricacy. I like the the filigree. Like I really like the the elven motif in my my mage outfits. And that's a great segue to what I like. Because yeah, the 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 elven motif super rad in general. Whether you're talking mage, warrior, or rogue, I typically really like uh like kind of elf inspired armor. Yeah, because um, it's it's super ornate and, and it it's looks form like art, fitting and but yeah, it's, it's but it works. It's artistic, yeah, and I love that. It's not like um, what am I trying to say here? It's not so like massively utilitarian. Like most yeah. human armor that you see in in games or in fantasy franchises is like it just exists to serve a purpose, and it's just a massive hunk of metal on somebody's chest, right? Elven armor, like you said, that's a really good way to put it. It has this like artistic feel to it, and I yeah. love that. Um, I love the form fitting aspect of it. I don't like huge freaking like shoulder things spikes sticking up to Listen, the heavens i don't accept when it comes to the the mages and warhammer <laughs> for the mages and warhammer the more crazy spikes and fucking like <laughs> flags and crazy crazy shit the better because warhammer is just so insane uh, let me see if i can find you a picture i don't remember his name but there's this one mage uh in the uh i believe oh man Hold on. I don't remember. I don't, dude, it's been so long since I've had to recall. Yeah, work on that. Um, I'm going to talk about my ideal drip. Uh, so in Skyrim, you can get a set of unenchanted robes called the college robes. Um, if you guys want to search it or if you know what I'm talking about, um, it's very simple. The only thing I don't like about it is the color scheme. Cause the, the actual robe part is kind of blue with this like tan lining. And then the under part of it is like this brown and tan kind of look. And it, it's, it's very subdued. Yeah. Look very, at this very dude. earthy. Look at this dude. He's got so much going on. That is ridiculous. I'll, I'll text it to you that's, so you can... That is a man? That is one... That, that, that's yeah, not like... The, the, the Space Marines in Warhammer, they, they're like genetically enhanced, so they have like fucking... like I don't know the exact number, but it's like two hearts and four lungs and like blah, blah, blah. And like, they're like eight, nine feet tall. Super, that, what super is humans. that, dude? It's beautiful is what it is. I love it. That's, Warhammer is the only context and where the crazier is the better. So that, those like dragon heads and the massive spikes are part of his armor. Yep, that's part of his. <laughs> that's uh, incredible. That's part of his power armor. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I just sent Matt a picture. Um. 
So oh, yeah, the like robes? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, college yeah. robes. So uh, I love that aesthetic. My only thing is I would change it to being primarily black. I am a big fan of the all black. And I'd put purple accents here. They're like the sash that he's wearing around the middle there. I would probably change to purple and have that be the only accent. Everything else would just be black and gray and maybe some brown here or there. But... I, I like color. Like I, I definitely fuck with the all black with like accents here and there, but I, I definitely like I definitely like vibrancy, especially when it comes to my mages. Because yeah. if I'm throwing out fire and ice and electricity and stuff. Yeah, I'm a I, big I'm a big edgelord. I love the black. I love the dark. I, I will say, kind of speaking to my my long term D and D character that I'm currently playing, mm-hmm. he is a very far departure from from everything that I've been talking about because he he is the working man's mage. He's got yeah. like he's got brown leather like lace boots with like black pants tucked into it. The Nathan Drake, a white yeah, yeah, a yeah. white a white Henley rolled up with like a black overcoat. Yeah, he is the working man's mage. You know, I love I mean? that look. So, uh, but I also really like that look too, just like a dude that looks like a normal guy that's all of a sudden just slanging spells. That's that's how I that's exactly how I ran uh one of my characters, um, Sage Elnorin. I ran him for a while with like khaki shitty pants with like a white Henley that was all fucked up, and then just literally a black pea coat because that was like his like his uh what's the word? His trademark. His trademark, exactly. Um but yeah, so for my mage aesthetic, definitely college robes, black, little accents of purple, Matt's mage aesthetic sounds like just avalok but a little just just these just elven elven beauty i love it i love formal wear i love it and then when i when i play mages if it's a possibility in the game i do like to give them at least a little bit of armor maybe just some like bracers and boots at the very least just because i I do like that look i like accenting the robes with like but also he fucks you know what i mean yeah to uh to avoid the possibility of this being the drip episode what do you say we we segue into the next little topic here for sure for sure and i actually let's just kind of talk about i know we talked about a little bit in the first episode but just to expand on it just a hair like let's just talk about our experience playing mages like like matt you know matt started out playing a mage that's what he does i was a little bit boy i was a little bit later into the game um, if you could, let me ask you this. This is a really on the fly question. Okay. What is your favorite thing about playing a mage? If you could pick one thing, what is it? My favorite thing about playing a mage is the unassuming nature of it. You don't have yeah. a, you don't have a weapon on you. You're not covered in armor. You just look like a dude. Like obviously, if you're wearing super ostentatious elven robes, people are gonna be like, "Oh, that dude casts magic." Yeah. But it's just it's just the ability to to it's like always having your weapon on you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I really really like that. Um, I will say more recently, I'm I'm kind of beginning to appreciate mages with like uh like a physical implement like a staff or a yeah, wand dude. or like casting directly from the spell book because uh most mages that i run uh like in dnd i mostly do wizards because sorcerers are too complicated and i'm stupid um so like yeah they all have spell books but they don't use their spell books as their focus they'll have their focus on them so they're just casting with their hands and y- you know what i mean to the untrained eye, it looks like they're just throwing magic out. But recently, I've I've started coming around to kind of like the like the quarter staff with like the crystal ball on it, yeah, or dude. having like a wand because my the, shit. The wand is kind of like the mage's sword, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm kind of starting to appreciate the um 
like the artistry that comes with that, you know? Um, yeah. Love just stuff like that. Staffs. Love um, the look of was, staffs. Yeah. Staves. Staves. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the unassuming nature of it is, and also from the role playing perspective too, it's the intelligence behind the character because yeah. you can be a, a dude that you could be like a, a rogue or you can be a warrior and you can have a level of intelligence that you feel comfortable role playing and you feel like, yes, this character is smart, but I feel like you can't role play a dumb mage. That's Otherwise, true. how are they a mage? Yeah, you know? that's so true. <laughs> just, just the the intelligence that mages have. I I usually like to explore. I like to explore like the the socio economical kind of issues that plague whatever fantasy world worlds in. like yeah. Dragon Age. Dragon Age has a lot of like economical issues. It has a lot of racial issues. It has a lot of like just these real big moral things. And looking at that through the lens of like intelligence as opposed to empathy is something that I prefer. Yeah. No, I dig the hell out of that, dude. Um, what about you? My my favorite part about playing mage. Um, yeah. Honestly, I know this is really this is not the answer you're probably expecting, but the power fantasy aspect of it. Yeah. Like, like the, I like the. Sorry, dude. What were you? Gonna I was say? just gonna say in most games with mage, warrior, rogue, mage usually tends to be the more powerful class. Yeah. Like I like. And actually, it'd be a good segue into talking about, like, the spells that I use. But in Dragon Age, like, there's a couple spells that are just ridiculous. And you just, like, you're strolling along and, oh, hey, there's a bad guy. And then, like, just a whole bunch of shit unleashed on them. Like, I love the aspect of of that. And I don't know. You've definitely awakened me to the all-mage party in Dragon Age. Because it's just absolute (laughs) fucking chaos. Yeah, dude. If you bring Vivian, Solus, and Dorian, and you play a mage, it is ridiculous. It's so much fun. Put it on casual, put it on the lowest difficulty, max out everybody's gear, and just run around and unleash hell. Yeah, you it's literally so like eight hundred projectiles, thirty explosions. <laughs> like people are frozen, people are on fire. It's pandemonium. Yeah, I love it, dude. It's hilarious. But that is exactly what I'm talking about. Like being able to unleash that feels so good, so cool. Um, and I, I just want to say, like Matt mentioned, he's getting into like the physical implement side of ma- uh, mages. Like I said my my trademark super cool staff in right hand some kind of magical energy weapon in left hand love it love it yeah i think i I just think it's really really cool because there's there's an artistry that goes into if you want there to be there's an artistry that goes into the somatic component for casting spells for those that are unfamiliar with DD terminology somatic is like the hand movement of a spell there's verbal which is spoken there's material which is what the spell consumes and then there's somatic so it's like hand movement or like you know how you how you physically cast a spell um so there's there's an artistry to spells with somatic components if you have a physical implement if you have a wand not to be a little too on the nose or anything but you can do the swish and flick if you have a staff you can do like a crazy like you know sequence of of movements like there's so there's so much that you can do creatively with that instead of like if i was to cast like a fireball and i had a staff i could be like oh i twirl the staff around until the edges get really high and spark and then i'll shoot a fireball out yeah Uh, dude. whereas whereas if you're not using anything like that it's just like i put my hand out and then i cast fireball like you know what i mean so you can be a lot more descriptive with how you cast your spells and you can make it more of an art because that's the one thing that mages don't have that warriors have if you play them in that regard. Like, the training and discipline and artistry that goes into swordplay is insane. Um, and, or any weapon that a warrior or, yeah. may use. Um, and mages don't really have that. You know, the intelligent, the intellectual pursuit of knowledge, definitely, but the discipline of, like, that level of, of artistry is is 
I think lacking in the mages that I play. So for sure, man. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, dude. It's it's really cool that you point out like the, the artistry behind it. Um, in in the field of work that I'm in, <laughs> there's a lot of artistry in movement. Yes. Um, and I really love that aspect that you're bringing up just now because you see it and some of the characters talk about it in Dragon Age actually like if you bring mages in your party they'll be like oh I love the way you swing your staff around blah 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 but there is this like art form to it and it looks very flowing and moving and yeah. super super cool um I um the go ahead um uh, the spell that I was talking about by the way just now is called energy barrage yep and oh that's a fun one you, it, yeah, exactly. And Machine it takes gun. whatever element uh, that you that your staff is infused with. It takes that element and then it just, yeah, like Matt said, just like machine gun rains down upon them. So it's either like lightning, ice or fire. And uh, that that is one of my favorite spells to use. Um, as far as like the type of spells that I use, it's pretty universal across every franchise. No matter what I'm playing, I do some type of magical sword um and then like i'm a big fan of lightning magic i'm the lightning magic guy so i'll use some kind of chain lightning spell um energy barrage because my staff is always lightning but then i also really like magical movement so like uh misty step in D, &D uh the fade step in dragon age like just like blinking through the environment. I really love that. Teleportation is my favorite superpower if I had to pick one. So that ability is always really cool to me. And then I absolutely love the mages that are able to unmage other mages. So counterspell, dispel magic, like the the, the first thing that block came to, of magic. The first thing that came to mind was Aang taking people's bending away. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I love the magic cock block. Like, yeah. I think it's. Awesome. My favorite thing is when you have a party of like this happened a lot in the in the final act of one of our D and D campaigns. But when you have like eight mages, it's like the big bad evil dude is gonna cast dispel magic, and then it's like, oh, I'm gonna dispel or is is gonna cast a spell, and then someone's like, I'm gonna dispel him, and then it, the somebody big else counterspells him. Well, no, it's like I'm gonna counterspell the big bad, and then the big bad counterspells them with their reaction, but then the other person counterspells that counterspell, so that person's counterspell works. I love that yeah. shit. I love it. Yeah, it's no. just everyone being like, no, 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 um, no. Yeah, no, counterspell but, um, is one of my favorite things. Dispel yeah. magic, counterspell, whatever it is, in whatever form, it's wonderful. I, I am the working man's mages. If it blows things up, I'm good. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Like, I don't... Uh, explosion. <laughs> yeah, no, I love... I just thought of this. Uh, another thing that I love about playing a mage, I love playing a mage that hates mages. Because... Like Matt has pointed out in the past, every single bad guy that he's done in D&D &D is a mage. Most bad guys in a lot of fantasy franchises are mages because of the power fantasy aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, like... Because it, it's it, easy for somebody with that amount of power to want more. It's a lot more comprehensible for someone who is magically inclined to tap into powers that they shouldn't be than yeah. a dude with a sword. Exactly. Like, and at lower level campaigns, you can really get away with, like, martially focused enemies, and there are creative ways that you can make martially focused enemies big threats like one of the one of the martially focused villains that i ran vemu he was he was a big threat but he was all martial um but in a in a high fantasy world where magic is is super common and magical artifacts and lost civilization and all that kind of stuff where there was people that were like touching the power of the gods before they suddenly vanished you know all it takes is one ambitious mage to find that power and learn how to use it yeah dude and i i love playing a mage that knows that and is like distrustful of magic in general and is like, yeah, this is, this sucks. <laughs> I'm going to use my power for good kind of thing. But yeah, dude, like I, I'm, 
Yeah. I'm all about the like overwhelming force, but then also, hey, I'm going to counterspell you or hey, I'm going to teleport away and fuck with you. Like, I love that. Whereas Matt is very much just, I yeah. cast explosions. I, I use control spells a lot in D&D because you have to. Yeah. Uh, depending on your DM, obviously, uh, the DM that I play with, he really likes. he So... The best way that I can describe it, because we've talked about this, because we he runs for our group and then I run for that group too. We just him and me trade out. Um, the way that we described it was the satisfaction from his combat comes from the fact that he makes very challenging combat encounters. For me, I try to derive the satisfaction from my combat from the emotional impact of completing it. So my combat, like I'll, I'll be fully honest, like I never really run difficult combat encounters there's some like i i try to amp it up for like the big fights but 99 percent of the time most fights that i run are just like hey hit this thing till it dies you know what i mean yeah um i try to have the emotional build-up and the payoff be the the reason that that fight worked yeah uh whereas his dm style is he just throws everything in the kitchen sink at you every time and the satisfaction comes from the fact that you lived to, to yeah, see yeah. the other side uh so we differ a lot in that style so in his game yes i have to do the control spells i have to do like i have to help i play a divination mage so i use portent all the time to help my allies and hinder the enemies but you know if you're playing a mage in my game you could literally just have damage uh <clears throat> you could literally just have damage spells as your entire kit and that'd be fine because i'm never yeah unless it, it like Again, I try to amp it up for the final fight. I try to, like, throw a lot, uh, like, environmentally and, like, the enemy and their henchmen and stuff like that. But by and large, my combat's pretty easy, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it's technical challenge versus, like, interpersonal challenge, mm -hmm. you know? And it's... We are a very role-play heavy yeah, group. Both are fun, but it's, you know, it's just about what you prefer, I guess. Well, um, it's less about what I prefer and more about, I think, you know, what the table prefers, too, because I, I definitely feel like... The few times that I've tried to do like really crazy combat, you guys definitely weren't as in it. Yeah, and that's true. Um, but I don't know. I like, and you know me, I like creative solutions to crazy combat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like I like. Oh, here's this horrible monstrosity that we have to kill. Everybody, swing your sword as hard as you can at it. And then I'm like, what if? What if we just talk to it, guys? <laughs> well, to be fair though, a lot of the times that's the plan. A lot of the times yeah. it's like, hey, what if they? Except for the fucking astral dreadnought, I wanted that to be a fight. And then our our beautiful guest player was like, hey, what if we just don't? And I yeah, was like, no, I, I, that was gonna okay. be my plan too, because I right. was like, there's no way we're fighting this thing. You guys could have won. I I you know that, won. but especially especially with her there, you could have won. I know, but in my mind, I still was like, okay, and, I have to find some way to Oliver this transitioning shit. Transitioning <laughs> from a fight that was supposed to be. Transitioning from a fight that was supposed to be, like, challenging but winnable to a fight that wasn't supposed to be a challenge at all that you guys rolled harder into than anything ever in the entire history of this campaign was great. <laughs> what? They, what? Ro they rolled up on a Demi-Lich, which is a powerful... Oh, yeah, we It's we, a very, we, we very powerful... Hard. It's, like, challenge rating, like, 18, I want to say. But it's only got 80 hit points. And we had, like, nine and motherfuckers. They had, like, they had, like <laughs> three level 20 paladins and, like, a level 17 ranger. And then the party, uh, I have four players, they're all level eight or nine at this point so it's like the hardest they've ever rolled into a fight ever uh and <laughs> it was for a demi lich that has 80 hit points i don't know i would say us never mind i don't want to get into it yeah um but yeah so i i tried to put together a list of uh a couple mages we haven't talked about as much but are still awesome but are still awesome uh matt would you do you want to start because I, yeah, I was I'm, not I'm, able to complete my list i'm not gonna top three it i'm just gonna read them off okay um, one of them is crazy. I love it. So Dorian, 
from Dragon Age, Dor- okay. Dorian Par- Parvis, Pavis, Pavis. Pavis. Um, Archon, who I will talk about. Archon mm-hmm. is a mage from our D and D campaign, but he's pretty sick. Matt, Matt gave him life, um, and we <laughs> gave um, him life. Yeah, uh, proceeded re- to give. Are him you life. ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me, Jareth from the Labyrinth. <laughs> David Bowie's character from the Labyrinth. He's a mage. He's absolutely a mage, dude. Yes. Yes, that movie, yes. that movie stuck with me so much throughout my childhood. I haven't hard seen yes. it. I haven't seen it in so long. But uh, the I was, goddamn Goblin King, baby! I was standing out on the on the porch with him when we were when we were kind of talking about this a little bit ago, and I was just trying to think. And I don't know why, but like David Bowie's face just like bing into my brain, <laughs> and I was like, Jareth, oh my god! <laughs> um, but yeah, the Goblin King himself, the the man of many songs, the the keeper of the labyrinth himself. I what fucking the haver movie. haver of the very vivid pants. package, <laughs> haver yeah. of vivid package. But yeah, no, the he's a mage. He's absolutely a mage, and you can't. I will argue with you. I on love that. that. Yep. Nope. Done. Jareth. Um, but. Do you do you want me to riff on Archon for a minute? Yeah, go want, ahead, okay. man. Yeah, let me let me just say that uh, you know th- obviously this is a character that Matt created for what is essentially our own franchise that we've been running in for two two years now. Um, well, I've been running in so, for two years now. Yeah, um, I'll try and be very brief, um, as brief as I can. With yeah, we much don't context. we don't need his whole backstory. Just um, but there in this world that I run, there is a secret society of mages called the Magus Coetus, and they basically are the most powerful mages in the world that seclude themselves in a demiplane and try and use their power to influence the world to stay not on the right track or not necessarily on the wrong track. They're not trying to like direct global politics or anything like that. They're just trying to make sure that the world continues to exist. Um, They have a very powerful divination mage who's basically constantly scanning to see what's happening. Um, And it's full of very powerful mages. Uh, it was made thousands of thousands of years ago, and the dude that sits at the top of the Magus Coetus is named uh, Kahir, last name. No one knows his first name yet. Uh, this is Dave. Dave Kahir. Uh, Archmage Kahir. Um, around the original inception of the Magus Coetus, he had a son, a man by the name of Archon Kahir. And um, it's kind of one of those really cheesy stories of like, he can never impress his father because his father is the biggest badass in the world already. We love cheesy stories. Um, yeah, so trying like excelling in all of his classes, getting A pluses and everything, being one of the most capable mages. But it, it didn't come from it didn't come from a place of cold. It didn't come from a place of he didn't love his son. It came from a place of he didn't want Archon to think that he had a leg up because his dad was the archmage. He wanted him to work for everything that he had. So he was very cold to him. He was very dismissive of him every time he was like, hey, I got all A's. He's like, cool, do better next time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Not from a place of hatred, from a place of wanting him to be his own person. But obviously it was misguided. Um, So Archon figured the only way to truly impress his father was to do something that had never been done before. Hang on. Pause. I'm just now realizing the stark parallels between Archon and Sage. Because that's exactly what Sage was. Yeah. Trying to be this person that he idolized. And that person that he idolized was cold and like, no, you can't be that. You need to do your own thing. And in response to that, he makes a deal like, that's yeah. crazy. That's awesome that those um, two characters are so intertwined. Yeah. But um, so he, Archon Kahir, he is the reason that necromancy exists. He created the school of necromancy to impress his father and the penultimate realization of that power archon was the first lich uh, ever 
Uh, but obviously, upon showing the fact that he was a lich to his father and the Coetus, they were like, oh, my God, what have you done? You've turned yourself into an abomination. Uh, and they tried to kill him right then and there. But uh, becoming a lich makes you vastly more powerful. So Archon was able to fight his way out and re- get to the material plane. Um, long he, story, long short. story short, he kind of started losing his mind. He started going insane from the years and the age and being without his soul for as long as he was. So he started spreading necromancy. He started teaching it to powerful mages and kind of letting it blossom in the world naturally. Uh, every lich that exists in the world is a direct result of Archon reaching out to a powerful mage and being like, hey, you want to be more powerful? Um, orchestrating and pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes for a lot of world events. Um, eventually, his lust for power led him to challenge the demon lord Orcus, uh, which resulted in him getting stuck in Thanatos. Uh, and the party, the best gift that they've ever given me, we can tell this story in full another day, they released Archon, uh, and he was the the major villain for that sort of leg of the campaign. Um, and I just, I love his character, because he was he was irredeemably evil until he wasn't. I, I wanted that to be very like clear, because I really like to do the morally gray, kind of like tragic villains that can be redeemed. Archon's redemption didn't come until after he was defeated, and that was a really important thing for me. It was a really and beautiful story, I, too. I didn't, I didn't necessarily want him to be redeemed in the way that he was. The way that he has been redeemed is definitely a testament to his character, and I, I like the way that it sort of happened but originally stroke my own cock here too but that's also it's also a testament to sage's character it's also a testament to how much we had to fight to get you to let it happen (laughs) i i fought i literally fought myself i was like let me play (laughs) my my dead (laughs) yeah but um so yeah he he was just supposed to help on a leg of the journey that they needed the help because archon alchemy is very uncommon in this world and archon is an alchemist um so they needed the help of an alchemist and everyone was kind of had that real they didn't kill archon they sealed him Uh, everyone kind of had that realization of like oh well there's one person that we can ask uh so they got archon's help and that was supposed to be the end of it but he kind of ended up getting a little bit more and more and more involved into where he's at now uh he is a professor at the coetus because the coetus is kind of like magic school in this world uh he's cured himself of lichdom he figured out how to reverse it and he's just living the twilight years of his life yeah, so if you look at it like the character of Archon, like really, he was a bitch. He was irredeemably evil. It really pulls together like everything that Matt said about what he likes about mages, like the intelligence, the like the looking at the world through that eye, and like the solutions that you can come up with with yeah. that level of power. He definitely thought he was helping the world. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a perfect example of like all the shit that we talk about with mages. Um, and and what we love about them. Um, also, I will also say Archon had the drip. He had the drip. He had the drip. He had black robes, and that, I'm all about that. And a creepy mask. And... Creepy mask. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the creepy mask, but... Well, it's either that or grotesque, decayed human face. Yeah, which, I mean, ultimately Sage rocked with for a while, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, uh, love magic, love mages, love mage drip, love the ability to run around and just unleash chaos... Uh, it's great, dude. Playing yeah. a mage is so much fun. We have some diehard warriors and some diehard rogues in our uh, in our audience, but we're really the we're the diehard mages. Yeah, because we got we got Big Sprite and um, who's the other Big Sprite's a rogue. Sin's a rogue. Sin, Big Sprite and Sp- Sin and um, but we have uh, he d- 
uh, we have Roshanti, who is uh, diehard warrior, the warrior. Except he won't join the fucking Discord, Roshanti. We'll get there. Make a Discord, you bitch. Uh, but yeah, uh, we have some diehards out there. Like seriously, we urge you at some point play mage. Even if you don't like it, at least get that experience so that you can see what the hell we're talking about. Yeah, and you know, if you don't, if you say that you don't like mage and you never played a mage. Shut up. Play, play a mage, and then yep. if you don't like it, you can say, oh, I, I've played a mage, and I don't like it. You know yeah, I know. Mean? And that, that's where I was. Like, for the longest time, I was like, I hate mages. I hate magic. Well, now I play a mage that hates magic. So <laughs> there you go. Full there circle, baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that. Uh, well, did you did you have any honorable mage Oh, mentions? yeah, dude. <laughs> I forgot about me. S- yeah, super um, quick. So I, I like I said, I tried to come up with a list of three. <laughs> I came up with two. Okay. Both of which are very not mages. <laughs> uh, who? Uh, we talked about him last episode. Raziel from Legacy of Cain Soul Reaver. I will say he is like, he's a warlock and warlocks are mages. I, I will say that, yes, he is a warlock. Um, the only thing magical about him is that he, so he was a man, became a vampire, and then he like, some weird shit happened to him. You guys can roast me if we've got diehard Legacy of Cain people out there. I'm going to butcher the hell out of this lore. But uh, basically, he becomes a wraith and then gets the ability to wield the, like, spectral energy magical version of a sword that exists in the material plane. And then he travels back and forth through the spirit realm and for- through the material realm. And it's, I don't know, he's got, he's got, he's got mage vibes. Uh, yeah, definitely warlock vibes. Um, but no, I love his character. And... Matt, I will also point out, he fits my naming convention. He does, yeah. For all of them. So I name all of my characters after uh, Angels. Yeah, Sage was a name that was uh, given to him. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got Raphael, I've got Samael, I've got Uriel. Uh, there's a couple others in the in the in the lineup, but uh, yeah. And then uh, another one. <laughs> this is a stretch. I'm ready. I don't think Matt is going to have any idea who I'm talking about, but I'm just going to say the name. And if anybody in the audience knows this, please say something. Marco Bartoli, the villain from a little game called Tomb Raider 2. He's an Italian mafia lord I mean, guy. I guess he does He does do some ooky spooky cult shit. He does ooky spooky cult shit. And yeah. uh, at the end of the game, so his whole thing is he wants this dagger that if you stab yourself with it, you become a dragon. Yeah. Uh, that's magic. I count that as magic. Yeah, it's And an at artifact. the end of the game, he accomplishes that and he becomes a dragon. And then you just immediately kill him. But I'm still going to qualify him as, <laughs> as a mage, goddammit, because he does ooky spooky cult shit. Listen, the more. And ook- he wears flowy black robes. The more, so, the more ook and spook you can get, the better. Also, not Archon, but Arkham. Arkham. Arkham from, uh, from Devil May Cry 3. He's a mage. Yeah, I have no idea who that is, but I'll take your word for it. Arkham from. Arkham Asylum from <laughs> Devil May Cry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's solid. The solid picks. Um, I don't know how much I'm gonna let you get away with with the with the angry Italian, but for now, <laughs> I'll let it slide. We have a soft spot in our heart. soft spot. Soft. Get it together. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Ten Points of Slashing, guys. Uh, please interact with us on the Discord. Comment on the Instagram that I'm really bad about posting on. And yeah, I'm I was gonna so say we need sorry. To, yeah, uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify, we have a YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube, we have a Spotify. Please like and subscribe on YouTube, and please give us a rating on Spotify. It helps us get out there. It helps uh, the algorithm spread the podcast out. Uh, yeah, yeah. The link to join the Discord server is in our YouTube bio, I believe. Uh, it's it's on the YouTube banner. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the yeah. the Spotify, the YouTube, or the Spotify, the Discord, and the Instagram are all in that little banner. Uh, we could make the links directly in the YouTube description, but in order to do that, we have to send a video of ourselves to YouTube going, hi, we are who we say we are, and I'm not about that. Okay. Oh, at some point down the line, maybe. Some point but, down the line, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you to our community members who do interact. Um, yeah, shout-outs. Yeah, one of which... I'm going to shout-out everybody. Okay, he's going to shout-out everybody. But I do just want to say, Recursor, thank you so much for all the interaction that you do with us. Um, yeah, yeah, so big shout-outs, Recursor. Uh probably uh, i'll dare i say one of the more active members in the discord he's, yeah, dude. he's always he's always posting he's always commenting he's, he's always saying something about the episode so we and we appreciate that he's giving us some good ideas too yeah so for sure. recursor you're you're a, you're a fucking homie dude you're a real one uh thank you big sprite thank you Devin. thank you sin thank you thor odin's son and thank you tiff you guys are all fucking awesome and uh for all the people that are watching this that aren't members of the discord uh that are listening on spotify or uh watching on youtube thank you yeah join seriously. the discord so we can thank you more personally but yeah. thank you yeah please interact with us we love it we we live for it so right on matt you want to you want to take us out wait no i usually you take, take us it out. oh Dude, yeah uh, we have to commit to the bit because it worked last week so thank you so much guys we're 10 points of slashing i'm sj i'm scavor <laughs> And thank you for listening to our Scrador. That word sounds like a No, dude, that was bad. We got to do that again. That was trash. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We are 10 points of slashing. I'm SJ. I'm... I'm going to have to edit all this out. I am Gilgamesh, a destroyer of worlds. (laughs) You made this so hard for me. And thank you for listening to our Still the Beck. Get your cock,